Okay. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Aligned Living Podcast. I'm your host, Sophie, and I am so grateful that you are here. Today, I have one of my oldest friends joining me on the podcast, Melanie Romita. So if you know Melanie, then you know that she is just like the brightest light. She is not only one of the funniest people that I know, but she is a music lover, a fashionista, and dare I say, a pop culture expert. She also runs Caledon Lighting, which is in Caledon, Ontario, alongside her beautiful family. So let's give a warm welcome to Melanie Romita. Hello, Melanie. Hey, if your viewers could see my face right now, I feel like a celebrity. Oh my gosh, I gotta hype you up. That's like the best part of doing the podcast. My heart is racing. I'm like ready. Like, wow, thank you. Yeah, this is so fun already. We just started and I'm already having the best time of my life. Okay, so for the people that don't know Melanie and I, I feel like we were those kids in elementary school specifically, but like maybe not so much in high school because I feel like we didn't have as many classes together, but like we were those people who weren't allowed to sit beside each other because we would just talk all throughout class. And if only podcasts were a thing back then, we would certainly be famous by now because we just never run out of things to say. So I'm really excited to have you on the podcast and just like riff on a bunch of different stuff let's go for it I know okay I don't think yeah I think I was unfortunately the culprit for most of those situated move seats things that happened in class like that was probably more my fault no Um, but no regrets (laughs) at all we had a podcast in the grade with the teacher that we had when we met um I don't think we would have been allowed back in the school no, we would also probably be canceled by now. Yeah. You know what I, I mean? mean? Like so much has changed. One of the one of the many things that have bonded us together from when we were so small um, was your iconic like walk out, sit out like you. I have a vivid memory and I don't unfortunately remember how vivid was the topic or why we you didn't want to go back in the class. But you were just like, we're not going back in and we're all sitting in the hall. And I was like, you jump, I jump, baby, let's go. (laughs) It's true. I That's like an aspect of myself that I feel like I would like to reclaim. And like, thank you for reminding me about that part of myself. But like, I really did have this rebel spirit and I really would stand up for what I thought was right. And, you know, I think maybe that's like conditioned out of us as we grow. And also I feel like the stakes feel a little bit higher with social media. It's like, if you say something, it, it feels like, you know, tons of people will read it. Whereas like back in the day, it's like 30 people in class, like whatever, you know, you know, everybody who's in your classroom yeah. and it makes you feel more confident. But um, you could counter, you could counter that and say at such a young age where you're quite literally evolving so drastically like you knew who you were and you knew what you wanted Uh like reclaim that that is all a part of your whole vibe your whole aesthetic is aligned like you were already aligned with yourself without even knowing and it's not to say that you were rude like you weren't bad you weren't a bad child and if anything it was for standing up for a better cause not a worse not to create a nuisance so I'm going to say, I'm going to veto that and I'm going to flip it because I think that's, that's the way. I love that. I love love that. And it's so true. I feel like so much of growing up, like, especially we'll talk about this more, but like, especially entering your thirties is about like reclaiming that young version of yourself and like your, your true self, like your childlike Mm -hmm. self. And, you know, for, for a number of reasons and a number of experiences, in some instances, I feel like I have lost that like powerful voice that I once had. Um, but in so many ways, also reclaiming that. And yeah, that's why, I mean, that's one of the many reasons why I think it's so amazing to like have people in your life who have seen you through so many different phases. Like 100%. Melanie and I met when we were in grade six. Like how old are you in grade six? Well, we were 11 and then turning 12 in the like we met in September so we were 11 and then turned 12 that next year yeah so like I had just I had just turned 11 you had just turned 11 in August because I was yeah yeah I I turned I am I'm older than you quicker by a few months so yes you had just turned 11 which is wild yeah so Melanie's an Aquarius 
And I always joke that like all of my best friends are Aquariuses because like Leo Aquarius dynamic is such a good vibe. But yeah, that's one of the reasons why I'm so grateful to like have you in my life because I feel like you can remind me of those truths about myself, you know, like the things that we can forget. It's like, you know, that version of me that was like so uninhibited and like so free. And like, I know that version of you. So like when we get lost or like caught up in the bullshit, like you can just like ground me back down. Like even what you did at the beginning here being like, oh, you had this voice, right? I'm like, yeah, like I did, but (laughs) I forgot about that. If my mom was on this podcast right now, she would, she reminds me quite often how she has these like vivid images of you like always skipping and happy and smiling and like so independent but in a way that was still so self-sufficient she's like she because she it's funny we knew each other since we were little girls and we know each other so well but it's interesting hearing it from either your parents or my parents perspective because we Mm -hmm. didn't even really know what was going on like you don't even really know you're just caught up with hanging out and doing whatever so they see us in such a different realm and she definitely always advocates or says or reminds me of how happy we were both very we were both very lucky we were both very genuinely happy little girls but she has very specific memories of you just like constantly skipping and constantly happy and doing whatever and just feeling like so free so carefree which it's funny when you when you get into your teenhood and then into your 20s you lose that like you said you know sometimes you you feel like you've lost your voice and that's just because of the hardships of life right that's definitely career friendships relationships family dynamics so then you reach your 30s and you have those reminders like you know putting a photo of yourself when you're little somewhere just to remind yourself like I'm gonna be kind to her because who is she and it's that whole full circle moment of yeah so that's why it works with us any long-term friendship that we can just check ourselves which we we do but I mean thankfully I mean maybe other people disagree we're not totally unhinged but (laughs) (laughs) yeah now we have to check ourselves and we're being totally unhinged it's so funny you say that though about like the happiness and the skipping because my nana literally said the exact same thing my nana was like you were the happiest little girl you would skip home from the bus always she literally said that about the skipping yeah and I actually really love jumping rope. Like this morning I was jumping rope at the gym and like it really does bring back this child, yeah. like part of me. But um, yeah, also I want to share that Melanie for my 30th birthday as a part of like my birthday party and my birthday gift, she printed out a picture of me from when I was a little kid. And it's really cute. We had everybody at the party sign and like write a little message. And I still, I just have that picture out in my living room and I look at it every single day and it's it's for anyone who doesn't have that practice of just like keeping photos of themselves around from different times in their life it's like it's really powerful because like mm. every day I see that version of me I'm like oh you uh, go girl like I love you you know two, dis- two disclaimers that photo is my favorite picture in the entire planet and it's your contact picture in my phone oh and two shout out to our dear friend Chloe's mom who Nancy who does that every year or like big occasion birthday so I actually got the idea from her and it's truly like it's a nice reminder of who you're allowing in your circle and who lifts you up and then a great reminder of like who you're doing your life for which is yourself at the end of the day is what it should be without getting into a whole rant because now I feel like I can go on and on for hours but (laughs) no I love it go for it it's so true it's so true and I just that's like the most thoughtful gift you know, is just those, those memories. And yeah, just to bring it back to like how we met in childhood, like, I I think that it's actually rare for people to stay friends for quite as long as we have. Like I said, we met when we were 11, like 19 years. I'm like, am I 31? I'm 31 now. Oh, are we? Yeah. 20 years. Yeah. 20 years. So (laughs) Melanie has known me for two thirds of my life. I've known Melanie for two thirds of her life too. Like that's wild. It's just wild. And, you know, I'm so grateful for that. And we something we were talking about before we like hit record on this podcast was that one of the reasons why I think that we've been able to remain friends for so long is just because like we've respected each other's journeys, even when they looked really different. Like, I think it's really common, you know, in elementary and high school, especially like when you're going to the same schools, like 
we did all of the same things. We had all of the same interests. We had all of the same friends. Yeah. Like we literally lived in the same neighborhood. Like it was the best. And then, yeah, it, you it, know, it, sorry, okay. I don't want to interrupt you. It just, it is, it is also quite ironic because we obviously have many dear and close friends. Well, we're lucky enough to have, you know, enough of good friends together, but we did have almost every single similarity, like in terms of co, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Curricular activities, like outside of school, oh, yeah. dance, um, sports, music, shopping, music. Piano. Oh my God, shopping. Yeah. Shout out, best. Shout out to Shout my Shout out to Olympia. So the much OG. so, yeah, that you, we were like, we, it, it became a point where we were so, we were together more so than we were apart in those first few years. Like yeah. you had Christmas Eve with us one year. Um, Melanie's mom was my confirmation sponsor because we went to Catholic school and we love Jesus. Holy grail <laughs> woman, the real yeah. mother Teresa. No. Yeah. And she loved it. I mean, as far as I know, like she, she just enjoyed seeing us, I think happy. And, and I think she liked that we were so similar. Like when we were going through your birthday pictures for your 30th, you know, I would show her some of the pictures that I was printing that your mom um, sent me. Shout out to Beth. And she <laughs> was like, Oh my God, some of these, like, I, at first glance, like they, like you guys look so similar. So that was even another thing that I feel like we rode this like wave out. Like, not only do you like the same things, like people are convinced that we're either cousins, sisters, we've convinced people we were twins. For Dance sure. classes were always confusing. Like it, and then we became Malofi in high school. So if anyone from high school is listening to this. Shout out to Malofi. <laughs> Shout out to Malofi. She is 20. She's oh, she's 20. Yeah. She's a big gal. Oh, I love that. Yeah, it's so true. And then I feel like as we shifted into our 20s, you know, like we've always been in each other's lives. But something yeah. that we were reflecting on is that we started to have really different experiences at different times. So like I was saying before, like in elementary and high school, like you hit a lot of the same milestones, you're doing a lot of the same stuff. And in our 20s, that started to change. But what was so beautiful about our friendship is that we've always just had respect for each other's journey. And that means that at certain times we've had more distance and then more proximity. Like it just has depended on where we are. Like for mm -hmm. five years, I was living on the East coast of Canada. I wasn't even in Ontario. Yes. And something that I wanted to talk to you about was, so in our early twenties, Melanie was in like a serious long-term relationship and, you know, that was really different. I think than what, most people our age and most of our friends were doing at that time and mm -hmm. so I would just love to hear from like your perspective what it was like to be in such a serious relationship so young and if there was any like not personal tension but just like tension between what you were doing and then what everybody else was doing and what that brought up for you and like your own journey through your 20s specifically I guess yeah um it was a time I was really really happy I never um I was so this is kind of like a good way to start it off you and you know our dear friend Chloe and a lot of the girls that we were super close with kind of went off to school which was amazing right like as we were supposed to I feel like I kind of fell behind the eight ball with school I mean I had gotten into college um shout out to my theater fam <laughs> <laughs> and didn't last very long because I anyway that's another story but um so my experience after high school was just very different in my 20 like 1920 was very different than the quote-unquote norm of going away and living on res and having this whole other world meeting all of these new people I kind of felt um not left behind because I was so happy for everyone but I did feel like a part of me was holding on to who we were as younger girls versus who you guys were becoming. And I didn't really fully understand it. Like I loved you guys no matter what, that was never a question. I was never angry or jealous, but I never understood why, you know, it was like almost like your lives were moving ahead. And I had felt like mine kind of wasn't up until I had met my then boyfriend. Um, and I never understood your guys's journey up until fast forwarding me ending that relationship and meeting my own separate kind of group of friends. And I was kind of like, Oh, okay. But there was never any like full on resentment. It's obviously we've never had a falling out. I don't even think we've ever totally. had a, having this conversation with our other friend. I don't think I've ever argued with like you and 
Chloe, I don't think so ever. <laughs> like maybe one or two small riffs, but thankfully we've been both all very mature. But um, so, yeah. So when I had met my boyfriend, I um, was super happy. I think that um, you can probably vouch to say that growing up, I was always very like Charlotte York mode from Sex and the City, just like oh, for very, sure. very down to settle down and have, always wanted to be a mom, like oh, wanted to have yeah, kids. Have many yeah. babies, who knows, you know, God willing, if I could, I was so ready for that, but it's really funny. Um, and if you're an astrology girly, I feel like that take in my life was my Virgo being like, hey, everything needs to be perfect Ooh. aligned. But my Aquarius inner self was like, ha, no. So I, there was a bit of a, there was a bit of a struggle with, is this really what I want? But when you're young, even when you're not young, when you're experiencing your first real profound quote unquote love, um, it's so consuming and you don't want to give up on the idea. And it's really hard to let go, especially when you've invested what had been five, almost six years for me. So being night, I met him when I was 19, I had just turned 19 and ended when I was 24. Yeah. yeah, five years. And then, you know, there was that whole year off and on of just, you know, working together. We That's a whole other story, but we were working together. So there was that whole other year of like in and around each other's circles. So almost six, six full years of yeah, being together. So it became, you know, it and became what, what I, it was. But. Totally. And what I think is interesting about that is like, while, you know, myself and others were having that like classic post-secondary experience you were having a very different experience and you've gained so much wisdom from that that like I know that I've benefited from later in my 20s like when I started dating and when I got into a serious relationship and like I find in a strange way like sometimes life makes you go first like it's Mm. like you know, like you're going to be yeah. the person who has to go first with having a serious relationship. This might be the person who goes first with something practical, like buying a house. But then it's like right. that person has all of this wisdom to share with mm. yeah. other people, you know. And I read this quote last night. I can't remember exactly what it said, but it was something like um, something along the lines of like your wound is actually where you will rise. And it's like the thing that often causes us the most pain gives us the most wisdom and then like that's the thing that we can share with other people and like I know that I've been I mean like you're my go-to whenever I'm having relationship shit you know and it's like you can't go I mean you can you can go to people who who don't have that experience but you have to know that they don't have that experience when they're giving you advice it's like well it's hard well it's hard to even seek it's hard to even seek the advice right like going through my breakup um, it was hard to talk to a lot of people because they had never really gone through it. It was kind of just like, well, like it ended, like there's so many other fish in the sea, which is like, yeah, it's absolutely true. But unless you experience that real heartache and again, tying into the fact that we were working together, we had been dating for so long, like the marriage conversation, the ring shopping conversation, like it was all brought to the table. So it wasn't just kind of like, we had a a dog dog together. We had a dog. I mean- I feel like I, if he was to listen to this, he would know that that dog was always truly mine. But yes, we did ideally <laughs> get the dog together. Yeah. I won't, you know. Yeah. And even just as you say that, it makes me realize that, like, I'm sure that felt that probably was a really isolating experience because at 24, 25, when you finally split or when you did split, like, none of us had that experience to understand like, oh, what it's actually like when a long-term serious relationship that you thought was going towards marriage and kids ends, you well, know? That, and he was like my first real boyfriend. Like if you really yeah. think about it, we count out all the dating for a recess type of type of style or, you know, for sure. for like two months during history class, whatever. Oh my God. Yeah. Big real thing. So it was a magnitude of many things to work through, um, which in your twenties, you go through hardships anyway. So it's not like, you know, it all, we all, we're, we're weirdly set down the same path. Right. But you know, there's hardships that we all face, but it is an interesting thing. I often think about that being my age now and navigating through the dating scene. I'm like, Oh my gosh, I can't imagine. I, I sometimes wonder what it had been like, had it been reversed because I had an opportunity to go to a school 
um, in the city. Um, I was going to like kind of mentor under this English professor and, and kind of be in this literature world. And I had opted out because that L-O-V-E drug be so powerful that I said, yeah, or my partner or my boyfriend at the time rather was living in our hometown. He wasn't really a city guy. I mean, then I think he would have been supportive, but you know, who knows? Um, we don't know. Um, uh, but yeah, so I often think about what that experience would have been like had I taken that route and kind of allowed myself to do me which I think is the whole lesson that I was meant to learn in that experience is that it was yes. very, it's very easy for me to, a lot of people over love, over give. Um, and one of the really wisest things my mom has taught me is that we don't, I, I don't, <laughs> I'm saying we as in her and I, um, we don't let people earn our trust and our love. We just give it freely. And a lot of women do and men, not, you know, stigmatize, but more so because of that nurturing thing or if you have daddy issues if you do call me text me what a whole other topic I could have on this conversation <laughs> probably a real root in why my life ended the way that it did no right but you know what I mean like so uh yeah it it it's just allowing yourself to feel like you don't have to give it so easily um and that could be your just your friendship just your time your time is valuable. Your words are valuable. Your thoughts are valuable and they're all valid. And it's just allowing people to earn that right to hear yourself, to be yourself, which is rare. And I think that's where I got lost. And, you know, I remember we were talking briefly before this started kind of just about where, like, what would you take away? I think one of our topics of conversation was like, what would you take away from your twenties? And I think if any younger woman, you know what, even if you're in your 30s or 40s or 50s, like it's never too late to, I'm sure we'll have this conversation another 5, 10, 15, 20 years. And it'll be almost the same type of uh, conversation is that well, I think the greatest lesson for me was just uh, letting people earn your time, which I'm still working totally. on. It's always yeah. a work in progress. I'm definitely, you know, you'll see me probably outside walking my dog having like a whole heart heart with a stranger. But I mean, <laughs> It's yeah, like, it's, it's different being friendly and kind, which we should all be versus, you know, you're letting, you're getting to know someone and giving them all of that too quickly. Let them, let their actions prove it to you that they're worthy of having that. For sure. And it makes me think of like this idea of like people either start at a 10 or a zero. So a 10, meaning they have all of your trust already. And then they slowly, you know, if they're not acting in alignment, they would slowly lose your trust over time, which is, mm. you know, more you and I in our twenties or people start at a zero and then they earn your trust yes. over time. Yes. And then as they earn your trust, they get more proximity to you, right? They get more mm -hmm. proximity to your physical, like your actual time, your thoughts, you know, whatever it may be. But it's interesting because it's like, that's such a beautiful quality of you that you are so giving and you're so generous and you're so heart forward, but it's that idea that like sometimes our greatest strength can be our greatest greatest weakness if it's not if it's not in check, right? It's like you have told me that before. Yeah. Yeah. You told me that before having one of my like, you know, just what is what is the point? What is this? What is that? And you're like, your greatest strength is often your greatest weakness or your downfall, your weakness, which is true. Which is true. Yeah. And it's like, okay, so we know that you have such like a beautiful, loving, giving heart and like give that to the people who deserve it you know and it's not totally. that you don't but it's like take that give it to yourself give it to the people mm, who deserve yeah. it and then everybody else can earn it quite frankly right yeah. and yeah I mean it's so interesting too because I've certainly had this experience um like with friendship as well like I used to just trust everybody and give it away and it, it took some challenging experiences for me to be like no not everybody is worthy of my time and and my totally. love like people have to prove to you that they're, that they're really deserving of access to you at a deep level. And like, I'm the same as you, like I have people, pe people pleasing tendencies. So if someone asks me to do something, my default is just saying yes. And then I find myself in situations where I'm like, Oh my God, like, what have I done? What have I done? I've created a monster and like the monster's me. You know, well, you know what? It doesn't help also again, not to totally stigmatize, but it's so hard as a lady or as a woman to her friends or acquaintances to say no because it's like you say no and then you're deemed or you're labeled as rude or whatever else you're a ditcher yeah you're you ditched us you're such a ditcher I remember I had a boyfriend in grade nine and our dear friend checked me so fast like you can't ditch your girlfriends for a boy 
And I was like, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> and then and like, what, what a, a great lesson. lesson. Oh yeah. What a great lesson to learn. And I feel like both you and I, like, I, I, I can say with confidence, like, I don't feel like we're actually that type of people who, I mean, there might be moments, you know, in a relationship where a romantic relationship where we can get lost in it. But for the most part, like we sure. maintain our female friendships because it's like, absolutely. You should get lost. You should, you should allow yourself that time alone to get to know who you're dating. Yeah. But, well, that's the whole point. You're getting to know them. You're allowing them into your space. You're allowing to see how they drive. But at the end of the day, um, no friendship, no relationship makes you up as a whole. So it is important to try to maintain any relationship you have. If you don't have any friends, Honestly, that's probably a great thing because really who's, it's hard to find who's true. It's hard to find who's real. It's fine. It's really hard to find who you can really count on. So if you don't feel like you have that person, but you have your mom or your cousin or your dad or your uncle or your grandma, you know, or your pet, like any type of person to just give that, like, you don't want to not have that because you, or yourself, right? That's the main thing. For sure. It has to be to yourself first. And if you're, if you're good for yourself. Again, another quote from my mom that is extraordinarily good. You're good for you, then you're a good partner. You're a good friend. You're a good daughter. You're a good sister. You're a good, you know, as long as you're taking care of yourself. Really, you should have had her on this podcast, not me. So, oh, we'll bring her on. We'll bring bring our moms on one time. Oh my gosh, that'd be so cute. It would be cute. But it's so true. And like, I think too, it's like, not all relationships last, whether it's a friendship or a romantic relationship or whatever it may be. So it's like, you better make sure that you still have that relationship with yourself because at the end of the day, like, even though like, you know, I go to bed with Matt every night, like when I close my eyes, it's just me in there, you know, like he's not there with me. It's just me. And so it's like, I got to be comfortable with that person. It's hard. Um, It's really hard. It is hard. It's hard to be alone with yourself. It's hard to be alone and not in a relationship. Um, that's one thing I will say is, you know, a lot of women that I've talked to just, you know, whoever it's, it's quite difficult for a lot of people to be alone and not have someone they're texting or someone they can call when there is no one to text. And it's like, that though, is the lesson. Have your phone completely dry, not a single text from your friends on a daily, from your partner or anyone that being that alone and I'm not trying to make myself like a total loner I don't even care if I come off as one to be honest anymore it's so weird and you feel like you amount to nothing without this weird validation from others but then you get so comfortable with it that you actually don't care and you're like whether someone comes in my life or doesn't whether someone's already here like they don't amount to my happiness but it's really hard to get lost in that l-o-v-e drug It's so hard. So it's like no one's at fault for their feelings, but all part of the lesson without those hardships in your friendships throughout your 20s, you wouldn't know that trust is a is a huge deal. Like you have to let someone earn it without my unfortunate ending to a very toxic end. I wouldn't know a lot that I know now. I wouldn't look out or seek that specific feeling for someone that I know exists because it's so easy to just quiet down into a very um simple life and there's nothing wrong with simple at all I just mean it in the sense where like it's not serving you is what how I mean mm. by simple. it's not serving you anymore it's not mm. fulfilling you it's okay to be simple if that's what you like and you love the quiet and you don't love to you know I was just very different than my ex at the time I wanted to explore and learn and go yeah, and yeah. do and see and he was okay without it and that's fine um we could have gone without a lot of the other things that went along with it but I mean this is how we learn. So if he's listening, thank you so much. Totally. <laughs> it's Love you, it's so true. Love you and blessings. And like, it's all a part of our becoming, like you said. And I just feel like, I just feel like becoming comfortable, like you said, with that, like no text coming in where it's just you, there's no external validation. Like I do believe that becoming comfortable with that, like most raw version of you and like like finding solace within your loneliness almost it's like that's how you prepare to actually be in partnership I believe because yeah I yeah like I shared in my last podcast that before Matt and I started dating I like literally was in the car with you and my mom and I was like I'm fucking done with dating because all I seem to be doing is calling in these guys who don't want commitment 
And mm. I would entertain it. I would know that they would not want commitment. I would continue to hang out with them. I would continue to text them. And it just got to a point where I was like, oh no, like the problem's me. Like I'm the problem. These guys are telling me that what they don't want. And I'm choosing not to hear that, you know? Mm-hmm. And so then I was yep. like, all right, I'm done. Like, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm off the dating apps. I'm not looking for dating. And then, you know, sure enough, like a few, I think I said to to Mel and my mom, I was like, I'm going to go a year without dating. And like, I definitely didn't make it a year. Um, it was just like a few months to like Matt came through. And then I was like, okay, like we're going to give it a go. <laughs> you know what I mean? I like, mean we're gonna try I it. Must. Yeah, we're going to give it. But I got to that point where I was like, all right, like I'm good with me. You know, what's wild is because I've said it to you before and I'll say it again. Um, out of the partners or the boys that you have or the men rather we're not I would call them boys I would call them boys (laughs) I I mean maybe now maybe now they're men I'll give them that maybe now they're men but I mean I don't know that I was acting like a woman when I was dating them I was probably acting like a girl you know um you were perfect listen you were perfect what is the what are those memes it's like when my friend does like the most audacious thing and it's like he deserved it like you know like I don't care what you said no but he's definitely the most fitted partner uh, for you, or I'm sorry, yeah. if your dad's listening, we know you don't like the term partner. Your yeah, boyfriend. my dad doesn't like the term partner. Which actually, <laughs> let's talk about that after you're done your thought. Beautiful. Let's talk about that. Honestly, what a what a what a statement. The man of yeah. few words. What a statement that came out of his. I was like, okay, John sure. that down. So yeah. cute the way he said it. it was really cute. He meant so well by it. Obviously, I know that he's obviously a fan of that. It was really cute the way that he was implying it. Was really special. Yeah. So I'll share kind of the sentiment behind it, but I, you know, I refer to Matt as my partner. And one time my dad asked me, like, literally, Matt and I have been together almost seven years. And like, this was within the last two years. And my dad was like, What's a partner? Like, what do you mean? Like, why are you calling him your partner? Also, keep in mind, my dad was born in like 1959, you know, like he does, he's not, he's not up to speed with the gender neutral terms. He's like, what do you mean by partner? I'm like, oh, you know, like, um, Matt, it, it feels like he's more than a boyfriend. We, we live together, you know, we have a life together. And he was just like, the sentiment behind what he was saying was that, don't you think that by calling him your partner, that alleviates any responsibility for Matt to um, take your relationship to the next place? In, in the form of making a, you know, marital commitment to each other by getting engaged and getting married. And I was like, wow. <laughs> I love, I <laughs> like, love it. I love it. I never I thought it. about that. And, you know, like I've shared, I've shared with you, like, I wasn't ready for marriage probably within the first five years of our relationship. And now I am moving towards a place where I am ready for that, that next level of commitment. So like jokingly, I, I've told Matt, um, so don't be mad if Matt, you're listening and you hear this, but like, I've, I've told Matt, I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm demoting you from my partner and you're now my boyfriend. Mm-hmm. So like now when we go out and we're meeting people, I'm like, oh, this is my boyfriend, Matt. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you he's know? Still, yeah. He, my boyfriend, you're like showing your ring finger, like put yeah. it on, put it on. Yeah. So he has to live with that until, until he makes a change. But also, you know, I, I could, I, I would like him to make that commitment in our relationship. Um, So I'm, I'm not getting down on one knee to propose to him. You know what? Although I'm not against a woman doing that. It just no. doesn't feel right for me in my totally. relationship. I was going to say, there's nothing, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that, but I feel like you're so much, um, you are a very determined little queen. So I feel like when you set your eyes on something, you're very determined. So, mm-hmm. and I think we've had this conversation before where it's to, you know, when a lot of women, I was guilty of it to say like, when's this happening? Like, when are you going to do it? Like, when are you going to propose? Like, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. Like it devalues the, this, like the, the surprise. Yes. The, and, and then for you to do it because you are so much like myself where it's like oh we like you like huh no we like you like your arts <laughs> like like that yeah and like and you don't want to like, do, you don't want to be like that for such a significant change you want to also allow them to be you want it to be 50 50 right like it's hard it's really hard not to I I, I think a lot of women get to that point where like can I do it because they've been like waiting for x amount of time they're like no I could but then they're like no yeah and that's what Matt anyway. said to me he, he was like don't ruin it he's like don't ruin it like, let it be a surprise and let it be exciting. And like in my own dynamic with Matt, like I, Matt and I make decisions really differently. That's something that I love about human design because it shows us, you know, how we can make decisions in a way that's the most aligned for us. And um, we make decisions really differently. It, Matt 
in human design, he has the emotional authority, which means he needs to like ride an emotional wave before he makes a decision, which means it can take him a long time to make a decision. Whereas for me, my authority is self-projected. So I just need to talk it out. Like if I talked it out to you or, you know, I did a journal or a podcast episode on it, made an Instagram story, like I would know. Um, So I'm just, I'm respecting him and his journey. And he knows that I'm ready when, when it's time. Um, But I want him to also claim that. I don't ever want to feel like I'm forcing something on him. And I know that I'm not, you know, we've been together for so long, but um, yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. You don't ever want to force anything, whether it's uh, an engagement, whether it's just a relationship in general. And probably I've tried many of times just to be like, no, like this is happening. (laughs) Well, that's that like Virgo nature in you. And I have a Virgo placement too. I can't remember what it is, but, um, but also just that, that part of us that wants to control because it gives us an illusion of safety, right? We've also had this conversation where both of our moms are also so very like, with it women who are just like gung-ho and get it done and do it so it's all we've seen so we're like hell yeah like we got this yeah and that can I guess come off as a little I've been told I can come off a little intimidating at times which I find very funny because I feel like when people speak to me it's like I what (laughs) for sure you know what nonetheless it's all gonna work out the way it's supposed to with everyone's journey it is it is a little funny being like you said in the very beginning of all this the 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 switch off right like I can totally relate to where so many people are now mm-hmm. and it's so wild to me that I was an actual youth thinking like I could be married I was like 23 oh my gosh I, right I mean I wasn't go- I wasn't partying I wasn't you know I mean I had gone out with, I had been able to to suffice my own independent life like I was visiting people I would you know often head up to Ottawa or head to Guelph and I would allow myself that space to be in that age range and um part of me was a little like oh but I mean I was honestly very very content until obviously I wasn't um yeah. which you know to all any woman that's in a long-term relationship that feels like you're going a little crazy um it's not your fault <laughs> we've all been there we all go a little you know, off, off radar when we allow, when we allow, and I think that's a huge word. It's like, I was very much like, he did this and he did that. And he did that. I also allowed him. It's a part of understanding that you're growing at any age and you're, you're allowing people to treat you a certain way. Now it doesn't excuse them for being completely off radar. And, you know, I'm talking about like physical abuse or anything that matters enough to you is not obviously okay. No matter what it is, no matter what the scale is. Obviously, there's a very, um, we all have the same understanding of what a very large scale of abuse is. But I just mean, even if something is super small to them or to your friends or your parents or your family, and you're saying like, this is what bothers me about him. And they're like, that's not a big deal. Oh my God, my husband does that all the time. It's like, that might work for somebody else. But if it really starting to make you feel unsettled to a point where you're questioning who you are, then I would say it's from a from a from an expert <laughs> I'm not an expert from somebody who's been there um yeah leave I am sure team, I am team dump him always if he's if he's oh at God. all I used to have that I think it was like Von Dutch or maybe it was like a juicy shirt that just said dump him which was like so Love funny because I was like 10 with that shirt and I'm like oh I should bring it back <laughs> I should I should have that shirt now in my life oh I hear but, a lot of people having arguments um where I live and it's like how can you do that to me and I just like dump him like cut him out cut him loose men have to do the work on themselves women have to do the work on themselves it's a two-way street you cannot meet somebody to meet you where you are if you haven't done the work on yourself and they haven't and I saw this really good um TikTok as obviously it's now most of our therapy um that said you could be ready and your partner isn't and they're still doing the work on themselves or you know, or, or, or they're ready and you're not, it's all about timing. So it's so true. Like when Matt and I met, Matt, when when Matt and I met, I went back to my ex before, like, you know, Matt and I met in fourth year university. We didn't start dating until three years after university. And I went back to my ex because I wasn't done with that. Like Mm -hmm. I still had more that I needed to learn from that dynamic. And I, something that I will say about me, and I, I think the same is true for you too. Like I will see three, see three, sorry, see things through 
until the very end. And I will extract every lesson that I can. A lot and, of women are very loyal, very loyal to that. They yes. just do whatever they can to make it work. And that's where it's like, it, it can be almost a form of self-harm, right? Like, but I, I have to say that like, I don't regret it because I learned so much valuable information about myself and about others. And um, it's all contributed to the relationship I have now. You that's know? all it is. Nobody gets a scot-free of pain-free life or uh, of something that doesn't shift them. Like I was very, very blessed to have such a happy childhood. I never, Same. I was never, you know, traumatized with family trauma. I was very, very fortunate. And that's all thanks to my mom. So for that, I guess that was my experience. And it did a huge number on me. Like I'm not sugarcoating it. Like I can talk about it so easily now. And it there's still certain, you know, trickles. Like I was in Europe with my family and my sister-in-law had said to me, Are you not open to finding someone because you you're you're scared to trust? And I was like, No. And then I like sat with it after. I'm like, Am I? Very well could be. Part of me probably is probably because that's what but in a way it's good because then it allows me to remind myself to allow people to earn which all circles back right this is what we all need to remind ourselves in any dynamic of any kind with our friends with our family members set set the bar so that you can allow people in and if it feels weird even if they're your blood like it's okay like as someone who also boundaries yeah as someone who also doesn't speak to you know blood relatives like it's okay to draw that line you don't owe anyone anything because you've known them for so long or because they're your they're your family member or you know just do you boo like I'll tell all the girlies that are listening (laughs) or men I do you I love that but I also love that your sister-in-law was like such a mirror for you because it just goes to show that like all relationships can be expansive and can be opportunities for growth. And I did make a Instagram story about this yesterday where I was saying, I was like, I feel like as a society, we have put romantic love above all other forms of love, including love of self, family, friends, mm-hmm. nature, pets, yeah. whatever. And it's like, romantic love is beautiful. But if that's the only kind of love you have, you will get into a relationship you will get through the honeymoon phase and then you will be very unhappy because it's not about, everything. And then think about too, the age, the ages that you start meeting people, right? Like you meet someone in your thirties and you haven't, you know, healed anything. And then you're like, well, I'm 30 blank right now. And like, I feel like it's time for me to have kids. Then you procreate and then it creates this whole cycle. It's a wild ride if we really think about it. And it's really hard. And totally. it's really hard for people to, seek within themselves what they need to do if they haven't been guided. That's, that's the whole thing. I've been very fortunate that my mom has advocated for, mm-hmm. you know, a very open communicative home, always talking about feelings. Like not a lot of people, most people don't have that from what I've heard through experiences. So how totally. do you navigate through these things that have happened in your life to make yourself better? How, if you're so used to it or you don't see anything, or even if you see it, how do you take that first step without any support? It's really hard. So that's why a part of me is super kind. And, or not that I try, I just like to be so open and, and I'd like to give off the impression like, Hey, you can tell me something because I'll big you up because I've been fortunate enough to be bigged up mm. my whole life. So if I have it to give, absolutely. If someone feels like they can't get somewhere because they don't have that cheerleader in the background, like, Hey, I'll do it. And then, you know, it it can, it can fall into unfortunate, like, you know, people can take advantage and these are all lessons, but at the end of the day, it's really hard for anyone to get through anything in their twenties, especially in their twenties. It's such a hard, hard time for most. Yeah, it's gnarly. For a lot of people, it's hard. But what I love that you said is like, it's so hard to see what you need and what you need to change unless you're being guided. And like you said, like your mom has been that lighthouse for you. And like, for some people, it will be like a coach or a therapist or a friend or like a random person that they meet, you know, like if you don't have that person in your life, like you don't feel like you have that person who can be an honest mirror for you, give you an honest reflection, big you up, like support you, cheer you on like know that those people are out there you know and- right and then it's and this is why we all get led into relationships where we settle where we're not really happy where we don't want to leave because like we've just never been told or never been shown like you can leave like yeah. you can leave you know, or even happy. we've never we've never been shown like what a high quality relationship can be oh right? yeah and like sometimes all you need is like 
a healthy relationship with a friend or like yeah. an amazing relationship with your therapist to be like, oh, like this is what it can be like. Like sometimes people you see, are out there. Yeah. Sometimes you see your friend's parents and let's say your parents weren't like that. And you're like, oh my God, they yes. don't argue. What? Yeah. Like, you don't even know any better. So it's really hard for us as women and men to navigate this, this whole crazy life thing. And then you throw in hormones, you throw in puberty like the, that's what this all leads back to meeting when we were so young and I was going to ask you do you actually remember the very first because thankfully if you don't I do <laughs> well I mean, what I do remember is that Melanie and I were like totally opposites in terms of what like how we presented like I had just okay. come home from Barbados so I had like I had braids in my hair I was wearing like I'm pretty sure a terry cloth outfit from Lazenza girl and they were short shorts. They were cute. They were short shorts. Oh, they were cute. And it was like a little zip up like t-shirt thing. Mm-hmm. Very um 90s, I guess it would have been, or like early Y2K millennial. millennial. Yeah, yeah, Y2K. Yeah. Early, early millennial. Um, but Melanie was a tomboy. Okay. I mean, she had two brothers, so she comes by it honestly. Um, but oh, yeah, Melanie was a tomboy. I remember what we looked like, but I don't remember how we actually met. Like what okay, well, the I'm really sorry was. that you had to see my Hagrid. So if anyone, oh. anyone watches Harry Potter, no, like my hair was literally Hagrid because I hated my mom brushing my hair after a certain age. Um, I obviously was very um, set on being as boyish as possible. So check you out. You tomboy. It's wild. Um, so I met, I think I met you in line, but I'm the first day, like I actually met you. It's so ironic because we didn't live close to the school. We didn't live that close to the school. We grew up in the same area of town. So that's funny. And so being a little bit further out from the school, it was a snow day. And it was me, you, and the kid who had lived across the school because obviously he lived across the street. So I don't understand. Like, I'm going to ask our parents this. Like, why? Maybe it was because they had to work, I'm assuming. Like, it was just ironic that they dropped us off being like the furthest houses from the school that we went on a snow day. It was just me, you, and this kid. I remember this now. We were like, hey, this is boring. There's nothing to do. And I remember you're like, you come to my house. And I was like, girl, I don't know you, but like, okay. You called your mom from the school phone and was like, hey, like, no one's here. We want to go home. And your mom's like, okay. And you're like, can I bring my friend Melanie? She's like, okay. I called my mom. She said, okay. Don't know how we got there, but we went. And that was our first official hangout. Oh my God. Adorable. Thank you. Snow days. So. Yeah. We had a lot of snow day hangouts actually, because we I could walk over to Melanie's house and it was yeah. epic. Um, That's so sweet. I love that. You just okay. factor in like when you're young, right? You're going through all these hormones. Like, you know, when we met, you're just starting to go through puberty and then you go through high yeah. school and then you get into trends. And this is what all relates into what we were saying about how it's difficult to go through these periods with life. Plus all of these like body changes that affect our mind and our thinking for sure and also what I want to touch on kind of like before we wrap is like how now one I want to know like what it's like dating in your early 30s and what I want to touch on in terms of like the hormones is like this pressure that you know we can feel to have kids because you know I really try not to have a fear mindset around it I know plenty of people who are having healthy beautiful babies at 40 and that's amazing but it does feel like we are on a bit of a timeline in a way that we didn't feel when we were 20 years old. So I want to know kind of what it's been like for you dating in your thirties. And um, I obviously know that you want to be a mom. And so how that plays into things and yeah, just your perspective. So it's been a ride (laughs) Mm. during like, during like the late twenties, early thirties, I would say looking in at the time, I'd be like, this is horrific and I hate every second of it. But looking at it now, I'm like, such joke stories, like so much fun. I was very like fortunate. I never got myself into a very like weird situation or had any like really bad dates. I had really good ones. Um, But I'm like, maybe my sister-in-law is right. I'm like very hard to like allow somebody in and find the right people. Or when I do, it usually doesn't work out so that's still like that's still a process but it's a lot it's actually fun I yeah you always goes in and out well you become so used to being by yourself um and you're comfortable with it like there are times where I'm not so let me make that very clear but for the most part I'm very content you almost are like oh my god like I couldn't imagine sharing my space with someone or like 
sharing, like sharing the bed. I, you know what, for years, I would always sleep on the one side that I was used to. And it took me so long. And now I'm just like a middle girly. Yes. My dogs. And I'm like, I could not imagine somebody else in here. But then obviously there's times where you're like, huh? Yeah. For all of those TikToks about Barbie's dream house. And like, this is Barbie's dream house. This isn't Ken's dream house. You can't bring your things in here. (laughs) Oh my God. So true. It also makes me think that like, Dating in your 30s must be so different because like, you know who you are and you know what you like, right? So you can kind of like sift through the bullshit a little quicker than maybe like in our early 20s or like high school. Like, fuck, we didn't know. I didn't even know who I was. So I was just like, ooh, you like me? Okay, I'll like you. I I had some notes written and I was going to say we grew up in a town where you talked. That just meant you were like seeing each other. Like your intentions were so different. And then like you get thrown into this pool when you're older and you're like, okay, yeah, like my intentions are like, I like you. So you obviously like me too. And it's like, what? Uh, yeah, I'll talk to you. In like I, re- three weeks. <laughs> I remember the first time when I was in high school that like, I liked someone and they weren't into me. And I was like, oh, oh, oh. like my ego was shattered. <laughs> I couldn't shocked. believe it. I feel it. like I don't even believe that. Oh my gosh. I'll tell you. I date you. Oh, thank you. I date you. I mean, we pretty much <laughs> did date each other. So like, check you know but yeah it is really funny I think I've been very fortunate enough to meet people not many that have really like sparked a very very significant feeling Mm. um and I know that's what I'm looking for obviously just in a healthy way because it's really hard to know your self-worth and to know the bullshit but when you feel that connection it's really hard to like sift through the red flags and be like I know that you're not good for me but then you have that complex, like, but if only we have enough time or if only they do this, then we'll be perfect together. And that very well could be true. Like if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. And I could sound mm-hmm. a little Delulu. I'm sure you obviously probably know what, I, what I'm referring to. And many of my mm-hmm. other friends that are going to listen to this are like, you're Delulu. <laughs> it's not going to happen. But right. you never know. I really, I really do believe in, in the, in, in the timing of the world, but it's not even that if that doesn't happen, um, that my whole world would be shattered. It's just that feeling. It, there's a very strong feeling. And I I go off of that. And I've always trusted my gut. I've been very fortunate that when my gut says it's it's not it, it's not it. I can't even fake it. So that's why I actually condemn a lot of, I, I really, really do my hat to a lot of people that are able to stick through things or be with people that they're like unsure about at first and then end up mm. being like the love of their life. And I'm like, how? I wear my emotions on my face. Like if I'm out of it, like I unfortunately look like I'm out of it and I feel so, but so I just kind of trust that instinct of a very specific feeling. And I think very similar to you, I've been very like, Oh no, I like that. I'm it's mine. You know, I've had that mentality where I want it. I'm going to get it. But I think now I'm just kind of allowing it to just happen to me when it is. I don't, I, I love girls that have the apps that make it work or with men, whatever. I love that for them. It's not for me. Mm-hmm. I am a low key, very like organic, organic meeting girly. I love a good me cute. <laughs> I'm a yeah. sucker for a me cute. I, I, I love an organic meeting too. I mean, I, when I was dating in my twenties, dating apps just came out. So I wasn't on them for very long. And in our hometown, like half the people I would see on the apps, like I already knew anyways, it was just like an excuse for us to start talking, you know? What? It works. Um, it, 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 it can be super cute. Like maybe you liked someone and you've seen them and you were too scared to say something and you didn't know what their vibe was. And then you totally. On. I've, had, I've heard of many success stories and I love that for people. Yeah. I just, I've had a lot of fun. Don't get me wrong. Like I've gone on hilarious dates, hilarious adventures that I'm just like, Oh my God. And then you never know what it leads to, right? You go to a bar with someone and you're like, Oh, I hate them. Or like a movie. You're like, Oh, I never knew this place existed. You go back and who knows who will be there or things like that or what kind of go through my mind, which again could be a little Delulu, but. No, it's true because I remember Matt invited me to a party for New Year's and I wasn't sure if I wanted to go because I wasn't sure about where the relationship was going at the time. And my mom just said to me, she's like, you know what? Go because you never know who you're going to meet. Yes. You can meet, you can meet a new friend. It could be a business opportunity. You could drive down the street and be like, oh my God, I want to move here one day. Like totally. I remember telling you that story that, that night that your mom told me her whole life and I was absolutely fascinated and I should have wrote, written it down, but 
it's so true. And my mom always tries to remind me, like, you could just make a new friend. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> sure. Totally. Like, I get I what think... she's saying, but I'm like, that's a totally different. It's not the optics tonight, babe. It's not the For optics. For sure. And I think, like, it's such an annoying thing to say. Like, when people are like, just trust the timing of your life. Like, I, people have told me that. And I've been like, no. Like, <laughs> I'm I, I want I, it now. Or I'm people, ready now, or you know, but like, we, oh, go ahead. <laughs> I was just going to say, <laughs> this is why we, this podcast can go on for so long. So I do apologize. But like, even when people are, when you talk about children, like when people are like, oh my God, just like freeze your eggs. I'm like, oh my God, actually though, like you could, it's a wild process. And again, to those who do it, I tip my hat. It's a very, very wild ride. There is no guarantee even when you when you do that. Like there is never a guarantee. You cannot twist or manipulate the overall plan. You can do what you can. Like you've said with relationships, you give it everything you got. You go into the last hurrah. And I think that's commendable for people to do. I think you absolutely should always give everything 110%. But with this, you know, in terms of freezing eggs, it can work. Absolutely. And if it does, that is a true blessing. I'm not in any way shape or form coming for that because I think it's truly lovely but it's really hard for embryos and eggs to survive the defrost True, very hard and not a lot of people are aware of that so it's one of those things where you know people mean well you know people mean well but at the same time you feel like I, I hate to talk about this but I was watching an episode of the Kardashians you know what I'm not even ashamed and, I'm not sure either. and her friends are like, oh, you can be a cute guy. And she's in her interview and she's like, when you're single and all your friends are married or in relationships, do you feel like you have this desperation written on your face for a person? Yeah. <laughs> and you, you, you do feel like that sometimes. But then I've been trying to just shift the narrative being like, LOL, no. Like, I really, really, really don't care. I mean, I do, but it's not consuming as much as it was even a year ago. It's really not yeah. as consuming. It so also it makes also me think of this other meme that I saw where it was like your plan and it was like a blueprint of a really tiny home. And then it was like God's plan and it was a blueprint yeah. of like a big mansion. And it's just it's like our, our goals, dreams, aspirations that we have for ourselves are actually pretty narrow. And I think, you know, for a lot of people when they get later on in life, they're like, I never knew. Like, you know, if, if you're blessed enough to continue to grow into your health and happiness as you age, like people are often like, it just gets better. Like yes. life gets better, you know, oh, and yeah. it doesn't always look the way that we think it will. And no. yeah, I just think that's also just such a blessing to be like, you know what? I trust enough in myself. I trust enough in yeah. God or spirit, whatever it may be to like surrender and trust that like what's my my nana or actually my grand grand who I never met who was my grandfather's mom so my great grandmother grand grand would always say what's for you won't pass you by never. so like if it's yours it's always going to be yours totally. it's like Shay Mitchell on color daddy right she's like if you can have it if you if you can have it I don't fucking actually even want it you know like then it's That's not mine I've told you so many times that when she speaks I literally hear you so I love that you just reset that because that's too it to me Oh my gosh. I mean, we it's love true. a Canadian girly. Go Shay Mitchell, you know? It's so and true. And also listen to that episode on Call Her Daddy if you haven't, because there are just like so many truth bombs about everything that we're talking about, like love, life, relationships, family, kids, all of oh, it. And yeah, I think we might even be low key the new Call Her Daddy right now. I don't know. I expect, I expect these call her to go mommy. To... Call her call mommy. Call her mommy. Let's go. Baby. We're Let's blowing go. her out. No. But yeah, I just want to say. I want to say thank you for coming because I feel like we covered a lot of topics that like I know a lot of people think about right and maybe even feel like some shame about whether it's like well being sure single in your 30s not having kids fuck getting married and divorced like whatever it may be yes um, and I just you love... know what and we've also lived in a world now where we're like conditioned like if you think about relationships too much like focus your brain on work or this or that and it's all valid focus your brain on everything but we live in a world where relationships really do um, stem a lot of our, it can stem a lot of our happiness from, which obviously it's not the, 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 it is not the happiness. It's the bonus, the the added bonus of happiness, but you know, we do get conditioned to believe that it's almost too narrow-minded or too, you know, quote unquote girly to think about relationships and your feelings. And no matter what path you're in dating, engaged, married, divorced, single, like we're all, 
walking each other home. <laughs> it's Shout so true. And like, we all are always in relationship, whether it's to self, like I said, like to nature, to family, to friends. And it's, it's the core of our being is to be in relation with others. That's why we come to planet earth, right? It's to like mm-hmm. be in relationship with others. And so I'm so grateful for our friendship. I'm so grateful that you came on to talk about, um, you know, romantic relationships, your 20s and just like growing and maturing into your 30s. And I can't wait to do another one of these when we're like 40 and have even more wisdom to share. You know, we'll do another podcast before we're 40. But like even just keeping this for our future, God willing babies to listen to. They're like, oh, you guys are so lame. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I'll save the video for them. The world won't see the video of you and I. Um, but the future kids can one time. If the world could see, we have our hair the same and we're both wearing a black sweater and it's Facts. actually the trippiest thing. <laughs> <laughs> Facts. Okay. Thank well, you. I love you so much. Thank you for being here. And I'll, I'll put like your social media, Kaladin Lighting, um, DJ oh, Cowgirl. Wait, Disco Cowgirl. I don't know why I said DJ you know Cowgirl. What? Just follow me personally for more hot tips and tricks, kiddos. <laughs> yeah. Also, Melanie is like, she, she's all the things. Like I said, she's a music lover. She's low-key a DJ. She's also a wedding MC. So Ooh, if yes. you need an MC for your wedding. To just ram other than Melanie hit, Romita. Hit me up, Okay. Babies. I love you so much. Love you, girl. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening.